You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to more of the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Hrsadulu, and today, as we get set for Thursday Night Football, I'm going through all 16 games, giving my NFL picks here, some thoughts on the betting odds, and everything in between. So, Make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and most importantly, comment down below. Who do you think is coming out winners in week five here for the NFL? I would love to hear what you guys have to think. Maybe give me some thoughts and opinions, maybe some things that I miss going through my game breakdowns that you want to share with me and maybe sway some of my opinions. But we'll dive in with tonight's Thursday night matchup between the Colts and Broncos. And to be fair, I had a awful time trying to decide who I think comes out the winner in this one just because there's so many question marks with injuries, both for the Colts and the Broncos and It really boiled down to when I was looking at numbers and things. I think the Colts O-line allowing near four sacks a game so far this season going up against the Broncos pass rush that's notching nearly about three sacks a game themselves. The fumbling and stuff like that from Indy as well and the offense just not putting out the numbers I expected. I think I'm going to go with Denver here. I have them winning 20-17, to so a tight three-point game here. If I was to bet the spread, I'd probably go Broncos minus three because I think they can win by at least three or more. Uh, the Colts offense right now just is very unappealing to me. And while I don't really like Denver's offense as well, that defense is not the same without Shaquille Leonard. Stephon Gilmore has been up and down so far through the season, and there's been some other pieces as well without diving in too much that I'm just kind of doubting for the Colts at the moment, so I think I like the Broncos here. Going into our next matchup here, we are looking at the Giants taking on the Packers in London for this one. I think this one's going to be tighter than what the spreads odds are sitting at right now. The, 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 The Packers are minus eight favorites going into this game here, and While I do understand the idea of, okay, it's the Packers taking on the Giants, when you say that out loud, you think Packers all the way maybe, but not necessarily. Giants, 3-1 and against the spread. They have been one of the more like shocking teams to wind up 3-1 and so far in the season. And while I don't necessarily think they can come out winners in this game, the Giants are doing an excellent job of just hanging in there and despite all odds, like last week with Daniel Jones going down and having Saquon Barkley taking snaps at some point because Tyrod Taylor even got hurt, we're still able to squeak out a victory. They keep finding ways. I don't necessarily think they can win this game. The Giants have no real turnover ability. They have zero interceptions on the year so far, and they really only force turnovers on 6.8% of drives when they're on the defensive side of the ball, which is tied for 28th in the league. And for the Packers team being led by Aaron Rodgers, if you're not forcing mistakes, and you even saw with the Patriots last week, they got to pick six off him. If you're not making the Packers mess up on offense, they'll play pretty clean. They'll get the job done. I think they win a tight one. I like Giants plus eight in this to lose by two. I have them winning... excuse me, I have the Packers winning 21 to 19, but I don't think this is a high scoring affair. I don't think the Packers are going to blow out the Giants by any means. I I really think this ends up being a tight one because the Giants defensively, they're solid. They just don't force the mistakes that I think are necessary to force against a team being led by Aaron Rodgers and coached by Matt LaFleur. Looking at Sunday, going into that 1 p.m. window now. First one on the slate here. I'm looking at Steelers heading into Buffalo to take on the Bills. And the Bills are minus 14 favorites. And I think hammer the Bills minus 14. Steelers defense has been not quite where I would have expected it to be, although they are missing TJ Watt. But it's it's rather jarring to see just how big of a piece of that defense he is. And with that in mind, Buffalo, they're averaging 28.5 point, um. 28.5 points a game on top of that 
that's 10 points more a game than what the Steelers are averaging at 18.5. I just don't really know with Kenny Pickett under center and how good the Buffalo Bills defense is that the that the that the Bills would let the Steelers even come within like reach come the end of the game there. I just think that this one's not maybe not a blowout but definitely not a close contest. I am leaning more towards the side of blowout, though. I have the Bills winning 38-20. to 20. I just I don't really know how with the inability to stop on third down from Pittsburgh and how good Buffalo is on third down and just how good the Bills are at getting to the red zone and getting into the end zone. I don't really see it with a rookie quarterback, the Steelers being able to keep pace with this team. I like the Bills. Going into our next matchup here as I flip the page here, I got a ton of notes for you guys. Chargers and Browns. Chargers are minus two and a half favorites in this one here. And this is an interesting matchup to me because I'm very curious to see how this one kind of shakes out when you, because when you look at the numbers here, Browns, they're, they're like two complete different teams when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. Browns are second in rushing at 187 yards a game, whereas the Chargers are dead last, averaging only 64 and a half yards a game. Then when you look at the other side, Chargers are first in passing in the NFL with 307 yards a game, and then the Browns are 25th at 197 and some change a game. It's very interesting to see the way these two offenses play because they're two very different units compared to each other, and I really think it's going to boil down to defense. Both of them are very middle of the road in terms of defensive production when you look at all the numbers and everything, and while the Browns are at home, I kind of give advantage Chargers strictly on Justin Herbert, even though he's dealing with rib injury right now. I like the Chargers a slight bit more, not by a lot, but I do have them winning 26 to 21. So I think a tighter game, five point win there. And I do like the Chargers minus two and a half on that one. I just would be, it, it would take a really good game by Jacoby Brissett, I think, to outpace the Chargers and watching him throw away the potential comeback victory last week against the Falcons with that interception in the game late. I, I just, I feel a little more comfortable with the Chargers. Looking at the Bears and the Vikings here. Vikings are minus seven and a half favorites going into this one here. And I am just so concerned with what's going on offensively over there in Chicago. The passing attack is just not very good. They're averaging 97 and a half yards a game. That is 32nd. The next team next, uh, above them is are averaging like 130 or so. It was worse last week. They were like 83 yards behind the 31st team. Now it's about 40 or so. So they're catching up, but they're still sub 100 yards a game passing through the air. The good news is they're going up against the Vikings defense that's allowing 263 yards a game themselves, 26th in the league when you look at that number there. So they do have an opportunity to, to improve on that number and maybe find a little bit of a passing game. Now, the problem, though, being that they're allowing four sacks a game and the Vikings are averaging just over two sacks a game themselves. So hopefully, despite the potential of being under duress, maybe they could take advantage of a softer secondary. I don't know, but I don't really like the Bears odds too much in this game. I have the Vikings winning 27 to 17, so I do like the Vikings at minus seven and a half. I just have a hard time thinking the Bears are going to be able to keep pace with them and ultimately Vikings coming out with that W there. Looking at the Lions and the Patriots, this one's in New England, and I'm going to tell you right now, I was torn going through this one here because something in the back of my mind is telling me that there's no way in New England Belichick lets the Lions beat him. And despite the fact that Bailey Zappi is probably going to be their quarterback and you know the offense not quite being where it's needed to be the last few weeks although they did you know keep pace in a in a far better fashion despite Bailey Zappi being in 
during for the bulk majority of that game with the Packers, and they had a solid performance when Mac Jones was in at quarterback against the Ravens. I just don't know if I can believe it. I, I, I'm so torn on this one here. And when I even when I just looked at the numbers, nothing really made me feel positive or negative going about either either team. The Lions are on like this all-worldly pace right now in terms of offensive production, averaging 35 points a game. And then the Patriots just their their biggest strength right now is their running game pounding the rock they looked really good going up against the Packers last week and I think that when you're going up against a Lions run defense that's averaging 165 yards a game you have a shot but I'm gonna go with the Lions I like the Lions upset victory Patriots are minus three favorites so I like the Lions plus three on the spread there I have them winning 28 to 20 I think there's an upset coming here from the Lions it's more so just I'm concerned, not because I think that the Patriots are going to steamroll this Lions defense because it's not been very good in any shape or fashion. I just don't know if I can go with the Patriots right now knowing that Bailey Zappi is the one that's going to be under center. That's just my biggest concern. And maybe he shocks me and proves me wrong, but that's just where I stand feeling with the quarterback right now in New England. I just, I don't know. I, as much as I respect Bill, and I really feel like he's not going to let the Lions beat him in Gillette, something tells me that the Lions get an upset in this one here. Going into the C, uh, yeah, Seattle Seahawks and the New Orleans Saints here. This one was kind of a toss-up for me because I feel like this can go either way. Seattle's offense been surprisingly better than I was expecting them to be going into this season, and the Saints just dealing with a lot of injuries, quarterback injury again, and I mean, you look at their injury report right now as of when I'm recording this, Jameis Winston's on there, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Alvin Kamara, Mike Marcus May on the defensive side, P.J. Williams as well all listed as questionable. We don't necessarily know who is and who isn't going to play because all of these guys have either missed a game here or there and then played out the next week after. It's it's a mess over there for, for the New Orleans Saints, and I just don't really know if they're going to come out with a victory in a game where they're so unhealthy. But I, I, the defense in Seattle, 31st in yards allowed, 428. They're allowing a third down conversion percentage of 47, about 47% on attempts on third down. That's 29th in the league. So it's like pretty much every other third down, they're letting a successful conversion go. Uh, the, pros, the positive for this really is just their passing game. It's been very good. Seventh in the league with 246 yards a game. They're only allowing a sack and a half. And considering the offensive line concerns coming into this season, that's definitely well below what I think some people expected the number to be. So I, I want to lean into Seattle, I really do, but if Winston plays, I think the Saints can get a victory just because of how good the Saints defense is. I believe in the Saints defense, and that's really what's keeping me on the Saints side, and plus it's in New Orleans, so you have the crowd beside you as well. Give me the Saints 23-17, to 17. so I have them winning by six. What I, I, would not, I would not bet the spread on either of this, to be honest with you guys, because I... I if you're feeling Seattle, sure, Seattle plus five and a half feels like a good bet, but I just think the Saints can come out a victory here, and I don't know if Seattle's output is because of just how overblown it is because of their game last week with Detroit, so I don't know how close realistically they can keep the game even in a loss. Looking at the Dolphins and the Jets, AFC East showdown here. We have the Dolphins at minus three and a half favorites. And even though Teddy Bridgewater is in at quarterback, I'm going to say this. The defense in Miami has been really good. 
Both teams are not necessarily great when it comes to running the football. It's it's very much a passing game for the Dolphins. And for the Jets, I mean, we're really going to kind of see what this offense actually is now that we have Zach Wilson under center over there in New York. Uh, I will say they do have an opportunity to pass the ball a lot. The Dolphins have been allowing about 300 yards a game. However, they did play Buffalo and Baltimore, so maybe those numbers are a little bit overblown because they've had some really good competition to start the season off. But... I do like the Dolphins. I have the Dolphins winning 28-21 despite Teddy Bridgewater being the quarterback. I think he's serviceable enough, and they have some really good talent over there in the skill position that I think the Dolphins could definitely win by a touchdown. So 28-21, I like the Dolphins minus 3.5 here. Now looking at the Falcons and the Buccaneers, an NFC South divisional matchup. You have a very interesting one because you're looking at a Buccaneers team that really struggled on offense up until last week when they found a rhythm going up against the Chiefs trying to play catch up and Tom Brady throwing the football 50 some odd times during that game and then you have a Falcons team who has been surprisingly good on the offensive side of the ball especially on the ground this is a fun matchup because are the Falcons offense is the Falcons offense I guess I should say really that good and is the Buccaneers defense going to be able to slow them down Atlanta's fourth in rushing right now in both yardage and in touchdowns. They're averaging 168 yards a game, and they're somewhere between one and two touchdowns a game as well on the ground. Now, Cordell Patterson is hurt, so that it is something to keep in mind when you're looking at the way Atlanta plays offense. But it's more of an intriguing one. I will say this, though. Tom Brady seems to own the Falcons career-wise. And with that in mind, I think I'm going to err on the side of the Buccaneers winning this game. I have the Bucs winning 33-28, to but I do like Falcons plus 9 when you're looking at betting the spread. They're 4-0 right now against the spread. I, they, again, they've been surprising in how competitive they have been in their losses and pulling off some really good wins as well. And I think that they can keep the game close. I don't necessarily know if they're going to be able to reach that 28 mark, though especially missing Cordero Patterson. You know, I think I'm talking myself out of that Falcons plus nine. Missing Cordero Patterson really hurts them. Kyle Pitts is dealing with an injury right now, and they couldn't really get the ball to Drake London, uh, yeah, Drake London or Kyle Pitts last week. I think I just talked myself out of that. I think I like the Buccaneers minus nine on this one. I think they're going to win, and I'm going to change my score. I'm going to go 33-20. I'm worried about the Cordero Patterson. That's crazy. I just completely flipped the way I was thinking this here. I still think the Buccaneers win, but I think I like the Buccaneers by a, a wider margin. I like the Bucs 33-20. I think they can get the job done. Cordero Patterson has been such a big piece of that offense that I think losing him might affect them fairly negatively. And the rushing game has been like the really is has been like the the real standout for Atlanta offensively. I think I like the Bucs. Give me the Bucs 33-20. Big win there. Bucks minus nine. I like that. Looking at the Titans and the Commanders now. This is an interesting one here because I'm looking at the, when I was looking at the numbers here, Titans minus one and a half, as if it's going to be a really tight game. But I will say that I'm kind of leaning already on the side of Titans just because I think that the Titans, despite Traylon Burks dealing with an injury right now and he's kind of doubtful for the game, they're starting to find their rushing attack. Throughout the year, they're averaging about 102 yards a game, but in the last two weeks, they're averaging 118, and they have three rushing touchdowns between last week and the week prior. If they can continue to pound the rock and Ryan Tannehill plays clean football, especially like he did last week, two touchdowns, no interceptions, four incompletions, and they were really moving on the ground, 
I like the Titans this, this week, and minus one and a half Titans feels like a no-brainer to me. It's not a really tough margin to win by, and I don't really know with how mistake-prone the Commanders can be offensively that I think that they have a real chance of winning this game. I could be wrong, but I really feel the Titans in this one. I have them winning 25-16. to 16. I don't really think this one's going to be very close. Defense starting to figure themselves out. They really slowed down the Colts last week. I like the Titans. Going into the Texans and Jaguars here, AFC South divisional matchup. Jaguars are minus seven, and honestly, I'm going to hammer the minus seven on this one. I really like Jacksonville going into this game. Their defense has been averaging about 17 points a game, which is fourth in the league. Their top 10 in pressure percentage, quarterback completion percentage allowed, rushing yards allowed. While they're not like statistically a top 10 defense, they're definitely working their way there, and they've been an effective unit. Houston's offense, they're averaging 302 yards a game. That's yardage, that's all together in total, not passing, not rushing, just all together. Averaging only 18 points a game, and they're converting on about 27% of their third downs, which is 31st in the league. This one just smells like Jaguars all day. I have them winning 31-17 and hammer that minus seven. That feels like a no-brainer, despite it being a divisional matchup. Going into the 4 p.m. window, we got ourselves the 49ers and the Panthers here. The 49ers defense, man, has really come alive, and they just looked very fast and very aggressive, giving the Rams all kinds of problems on Monday Night Football. And I really like San Francisco going into this one against an offense that has been struggling over there in Carolina. San Francisco is pressuring at a 34.2% clip per dropback. They have 15 sacks tied for second. They're tied for first in yards per game allowed. They're tied for first in points per game allowed at 11 and a half. And while you can argue, yeah, it's because some of the offenses they're going, they've been going against well, Carolina hasn't been too impressive themselves, and this one feels like a game where they could eat. I have the 49ers after the game that they just had against the Rams winning 26-10. Hammer that minus 6.5 on San Francisco because I don't think this one's going to be a close one. Looking at the Cowboys and the Rams now. This is a fun one here. I'm a little bit concerned about where the Rams are just in terms of the offense and struggling to keep the ball moving. They're seventh when it comes to third down conversions, 43.5% of the time, they're converting on third down. And then that's where like the positives kind of end. I was looking through the numbers and that was like the one real strong positive they had. And then after that, it just kind of goes downhill from there. And the reason I bring up that number is because defensively Dallas, they're allowing a third down conversion on 30% of their plays or their 30% of their attempts as well, which is 30th in the league. So that's like the one positive that the Rams can kind of look at going in this matchup here. But 32nd in drives ending in turnovers, 23%. That's every fourth drive they're ending in a turnover right now. That's awful. Their offensive line is allowing four sacks a game as well. And Dallas is over here tied for second, averaging nearly four sacks a game this season. This one has Cowboys upset victory all over it. All over it. And the Cowboys are plus five and a half. I'm going Cowboys. I know it's in LA, but with how good that pass rush has been over there and Cooper Rush has been playing mistake-free football, something feels right about the Cowboys. I'm going to take them for the victory in this one, 20 to 18. Give me the Cowboys. Looking at the Eagles and Cardinals now, this is another interesting matchup here because the Cardinals are kind of finding their footing offensively, but they're dealing with a ton of injuries going into this game right now. These are all listed as questionable right now. Zaven Collins, the linebacker. Obviously, T- JJ, I almost said TJ Watt, excuse me, JJ Watt. Marquise Brown, AJ Green, their wide receivers, their two top wide receivers. 
Center Rodney Hudson, left tackle DJ Humphreys, they're all dealing with issues right now and they're all listed as questionable. Now, maybe half these guys end up playing and half of them don't. Who knows which and which? But to have so many injuries and then you're going up against a Philadelphia defense that has been an absolute force at rushing the passer, especially with the O-line injuries being a concern, even if they're playing and they're not 100% healthy, I just think that that defensive front can be an absolute problem. I'm a little bit worried about Arizona being able to keep pace. The offense has been really good over there in Philadelphia. They're able to get it done on the ground. They're able to get it done through the air. When you look at the numbers from Philadelphia, they're sixth in passing yards at about 270 a game. They're fifth in rushing yards at about 165. So they're getting it done both ways. And they're averaging almost three rushing touchdowns a game right now, which is first in the league. I just don't know if Arizona can keep up and stop them. So I do like the Eagles minus five on this one. I have the Eagles winning 27-21. And honestly, that might be a little bit generous and closer than what I actually think the final score is going to be. But for this, I like 27-21 Eagles. Looking at the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. This is a Sunday night football matchup. Cincy's defense has been pretty solid allowing 17.5 points a game, that's eighth in the league, then tied for first in rushing touchdowns allowed with only one a game, and then about, or I'm sorry, only one through the season. Only one through the season, not one a game, through the season. And they're allowing about 85 yards a game on the ground. Solid unit. Pass defense hasn't been too slouchy themselves. It's Baltimore's defensive side of the ball that really concerns me. Pass defense is allowing about 315 yards a game, albeit they did go against the Dolphins, and those numbers definitely exploded with the 460 yards that Tua passed on them. They're also only averaging about two sacks a game, and they're second in opponents' offensive drives ending in turnovers. So it's a mixed bag. They can force turnovers, but yet they allow a ton of yards. And when you look at the wide receiver core over there in Cincinnati – you want to talk about a group that is just electric and they're able to get it done no matter who they're throwing the ball to. You have so many good wide receivers. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon can even catch the ball out of the backfield. And it looks like Hayden Hurst is even starting to get his fair share of looks. I think that this ends up being a high-scoring affair. One, because I'm worried about the passing D over there in Baltimore. And then two... On the offensive side of the ball for Baltimore, Lamar Jackson and company, they can be very aggressive. They can get points on the board quickly, but we've seen them kind of stall out in second halves. I have the Bengals winning a tight contest here. They're underdogs as the Ravens are minus three favorites. I have the Bengals winning 32 to 28. Tight contest. I think it's a high scoring affair, but I think that the Bengals are able to outscore the Ravens by just a smidge and get the victory in this one. This is going to be a high scoring affair if you're an over under better. Go for the over. I think it's 47 and a half. I think this one clears by a mile. And then for the final matchup of the week, this is Monday Night Football. We're looking at the Raiders and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are actually minus seven favorites. They are at home. I could definitely see them winning by a score, but because it's a divisional matchup and it seems like the Raiders may have found some footing last week with their first victory of the season. Hunter Renfro is still dealing with a concussion. Something tells me now that having been being two weeks removed from said concussion, more than likely he ends up playing. I don't know, though, with the way concussion protocols sound like they're changing. Uh, but I think that this game ends up being a little bit closer than expected. I like the Chiefs 
to win the game. I have them winning 29 to 3, but I do like that Raiders plus 7. I think divisional matchup, this is kind of a prove it must win scenario for the Raiders right now. They've been in must win mode now for the last couple of weeks. So getting a first victory last week and then doubling down and trying their absolute hardest to potentially win another divisional matchup against the Chiefs on Monday Night Football in KC, it's a tall task. I think they fall short, but they keep it close. So I do like that plus seven for the Raiders there. But ultimately, like when you look at Kansas City's offense, man, I mean, they're they're converting third downs 51% of the time. That's third best in the league. They're averaging about 389 yards a game, which is fourth in the league. And only 7.1% of their drives end in turnovers, which is fifth best in the league. After the amount of turnovers you were seeing from this offense last year, that number is massive. And they're second in the league with 32 points a game forced. I know that some of these numbers might be overblown because of some big victories, but I just have a really hard time betting against the Chiefs going into this game here. But those are my picks for all 16 games going into week five. I would love to hear what you guys have to say about all these games. Appreciate y'all for watching. I will see you all next time. Have a good one.